mindfulness mode. Cultivate your lower Dantian. Mindful tribe. I really enjoy talking about the Tao Te Ching. You know that. We've talked about it lots of times. And so today is going to be one of those days. And I think you're going to totally enjoy it because we're going to be talking about shadow work. We're going to be talking about healing. We're going to be talking about how we can move forward in life. We're going to be talking about the yin and yang of the Tao Te Ching and of mindfulness. And I'm so excited because I've got such a great guest here to talk about all of this with with us. And my guest that I have here today is uh, Winnie Chen Wang. Winnie, welcome to Mindfulness Mode. Thank you so much for having me, Bruce. It's my honor. And tell me, are you in mindfulness mode today? Absolutely. Actually, I am in mindfulness mode more than I'm not. And that might seem like a shocker. You know, I think that a lot of people have glimpses of mindfulness, but then they check out and then they come back in and check out and come back in. And I really want to share with the listeners how to stay in the mindfulness condition without kind of drifting in and out a lot. That's a great topic to talk about, how to stay in mindfulness. And so maybe I won't need to talk to my uh, my guests and ask them that same question every time and say, are you in mindfulness mode? Because <laughs> I just know that so many people are. Well. I want to share a little bit about you with Mindful Tribe. You're a lover of science and spirituality, and your vision is for all medicine to join as one. That's right. Yeah. That's a beautiful vision. That really is. And uh, Winnie is a trauma-informed, licensed acupuncturist, a teacher, a shadow worker, a Reiki, an open-hearted Tao healer. She's also a professor in acupuncture at Alhambra Medical University. She's passionate about empowering people with chronic pain to step into their source power to heal themselves. And Winnie has a brand new book that's just been published and it's called Honoring Darkness. So we're going to be talking about that book. So to start off, why don't we talk about what does mindfulness mean to you? And from your point of view, what is the yin and yang of mindfulness? Thank you. So I just want to backtrack a little bit that I do have four science degree and two from MIT. And what that really means is I'm incredibly nerdy and I read a lot of books and study a lot of masters. And I like to just tell everybody, I'm like your Yelp review, okay? Like you want to find a restaurant, you want to listen to somebody who's been to a lot of restaurants, right? So I'm somebody who's studied, you know, Taoism, Buddhism, read the Bible and, you know, practice the yogic tradition and independently studied mindfulness under many different umbrellas. And so, yeah, let's talk about the yin and yang of mindfulness. So mindfulness is actually a yang quality. It's of the masculine quality. Some traditions call it the Shiva consciousness. And so for a moment, humor me and picture the male genital organ. The male genital organ is 
very focused. It has a lot of strength and presence, and it has the ability to penetrate the ego illusion. Okay, like it has this incredible focus, penetration, presence, and clarity. Like literally, you know, uh, we call the male genital, the lingam, the pillar of light. So mindfulness is a masculine quality that gives us the clarity. So the counterpart, so picture the feminine genital organ. It is dark. It's mysterious. We kind of like don't really can't see it. Right. And we just it's used for receiving, right? So if you've studied the laws of yin and yang, one of the laws is yin becomes yang and yang transforms to yin. And we see that as day is followed by night and night is followed by day. And also the another um, yin yang law says, if you picture the, the Tao symbol with the black and white fish, right? And the dot in the middle, which is within yang, there is yin, within yin, there is yang. And we also know that yin and yang depend on each other. So for example, the relationship between qi and blood, qi being energy and blood being, you know, that which has formed. So our cells, you know, and, and I'm a doc, you know, doctor and Chinese medicine practitioner. So whether it's like cancer or fertility, we have to look at the interaction between the material, the cells versus the chi. The chi is that which travels between the cells, um, you know, in the space. And if you study science, you know that cells and space have an inverse relationship, right? So, um, you know, with each inhale and exhale, there's a contraction and expansion of this relationship and all illnesses is because there is an off balance of this exchange between cell, the matter and the energy. And guess what creates these blockages that causes cancer and, you know, you know, irregular menstruation and UTIs and all these cough and whatever, it's our mind. It is our fear-based ego mind because our mind likes to judge. I like this. I don't like this. It's the dualistic thinking. We like and we dwell, attachment, resist. And then there is you know, the opposite of resistance is accepting what is. And of course, you know, if you read The Power of Now, accepting what is, is the definition of enlightenment, right? Like I am able to stay here without going into the past and future and all that. So drum roll about the counterpart to mindfulness is this term called equanimity. And uh, it's, a, it's a Buddhist concept. So the definition of equanimity is the radical permission to feel. It's the radical acceptance of all that is. 
and you know how we can stay in the mindfulness condition without checking out is if mindfulness is the young is very light and equanimity is the yin is the the nourishing the anchor so if you want to ground your mindfulness so that it's anchored you need equanimity. So that comes back to the yin and yang, which is yin depend on yang and yang depend on yin. And so if we want to grow our mindfulness practice, we have to grow our equanimity practice. So very simply, I'll give um, this, my four favorite equations from Shinsen Yang. Okay, Shinsen Yang, is, uh, you know, he published a book called The Science of Enlightenment. And I'm a math nerd. And so when I see four equations, all these light bulbs went off of me. I was like, oh, God, this is so amazing. And capture the relationship between mindfulness and equanimity so perfectly. So mindfulness is the observer, right? So I observe that I have pain, okay? It could be lower back pain. It could be emotional pain because I just got dumped. It's pain. Or it could be pleasure. Wow, I am having this mac and cheese and it's so juicy. Or I am just having mind-blowing sex and it's just so good, okay? So mindfulness is our ability to observe the pain and the pleasure and equanimity is our ability to sit with the pain without pushing it away and believe it or not our ability to receive pleasure and actually in our society we have a lot of people who don't know how to receive pleasure right and you know why? It's because our ability to breathe with pain is our ability to breathe with pleasure, right? So, you know, in our culture, it's like, oh, I'm in a lot of pain. Let's take some painkillers. Let's do surgery, you know, like let's run away from our problems, watch TV, go on social media, you know? So if we can't receive our pain, we also cannot receive the pleasure, like the mac and cheese and the sex. And, and so the four equations basically says that when we have pain and we push it away, it leads to suffering. But when we have pain and when we practice equanimity, which is you know total acceptance, it leads to purification. You know, that's like a huge buzzword. Basically, it's like enlightenment, right? And the other is true. We don't have to just get enlightenment by meditating on our pain. We can also meditate on mac and cheese and sex, which I love. Okay, so when we get pleasure, okay, let's say we're having mac and cheese, right? Our mind likes to say, oh, but it is fat and has carbs and it's greasy and it's making me fat. Okay, so my mind is resisting the mac and cheese and then it leads to frustration, 
But if I'm having the same mac and cheese and I'm just accepting the totality of the mac and cheese and I'm like, ah, oh, this mac and cheese is just so awesome. Like every cell in my body is exploding as I bite into this GC mac and cheese and it's so good. Then it let, leads to fulfillment, right? So that's a long way of saying that if we want to be very serious about growing our mindfulness, we really want to spend a lot of time growing our equanimity, which is receiving the pain and receiving the pleasure. And I talk about this in just part one of my book. You know, I talk about the four equations. Um, I talk about the yin yang laws and I quote the Tao Te Ching all over the book. So if you are any kind of interested in the Tao, if you love mindfulness, you want to stay in the mindfulness condition, you would absolutely love the book. Well, I think that the subtitle is is uh, revealing in itself. Embrace shadow work to nourish and grow your power. So yeah, the message is embrace the suffering, isn't it? Embrace the suffering. And so how do we go about doing that? Yeah, so, um, and part of it is understanding why we talk about mindfulness so much. It is because we have had thousands of years of patriarchy. We prefer the light, you know, um, that we are so many of us are scared of the dark, right? And that's kind of like picture the female genitals again. The dark place is a very delicious playground. And why are we so scared of the dark place? You know, uh, the darkness is the birthplace of all magic. Chapter one, darkness within darkness, the void, right? The emptiness condition is completely dark. Before there was the sun and the moon, it was just darkness. Okay, a woman's womb is where we create babies. So I know, you know, we talk a lot about manifestation and Shakti. Shakti is the manifestation power. That's the, the, the counterpart to the Shiva consciousness, right? So a lot of us practice mindfulness, but do we practice embracing our shakti, our manifestation power, the, you know, the same magic that make babies, right? Like really own, you know, everything below the belly button, you know, really, really love your lower abdomen. That's all I got to say, your reproductive organs. We got to worship our reproductive organs. Okay, well, I think that a lot of people already do that, and I'm not sure that they're all still happy as a result of it. Uh, so let's talk about how we can do that and gain understanding and gain this feeling that, hey, we're, we're happy, we're balanced, we're grounded. How can we move forward and do that? Yeah, so the most important thing is to understand that light cannot exist without darkness. You know, uh, fire is yang and water is yin, 
right? We'd never say fire is better than water. If we have too much fire, we're all just going to burn to death. And that's why people are stressed. People are burnt out, right? We, we do too much, you know, and the water is nourishing. It's anchoring, it's grounding, it's mm -hmm. resting, it's being, it's sitting and doing nothing, but just being with myself. And as a society, we so much more prefer the, the young, the masculine, the doing, you know, we judge each other by, okay, how much money do you make? What college did you go to? These are all, you know, like the male genital is something you can see and measure, right? Literally comparing each other, okay? But we don't talk about, well, how much peace is in that person's heart. You know, we don't talk about how much love and compassion, you know, how how much time they um, they they are able to enjoy pleasure. You know, we don't you don't value the feminine principle enough. And so really, the idea is that I'm, and I love using the word God, the Tao source universe kind of just interchangeably to me. Um, the universe doesn't create pain to punish us. You know, it doesn't give us that lower back pain or the neck pain just so that we're miserable. Uh, it actually gives us pain or fear and anger and shame and abandonment. It's actually, these are like critical components to life, you know, like, if we can embrace pleasure and pain equally and the same, that is really how we can be authentic and standing as source power. And the idea is that even I do it, you know, like I want, I don't really want to feel all my sadness. Like, I don't want to cry and sit home and look like a loser and feel my loneliness like I have nobody to hang out with. I want to be, you know, I want to post on social media how great I'm doing. Hey, guys, don't you want to work with me? You know, like I want to be this shining bright star. And, you know, instead of really sitting with my darkness, and so, you know, the book actually is a very, very vulnerable uh, share of all of my deepest, darkest shadows. You know, like my deepest fear, my deepest shame, my deepest grief. And the goal is to allow me to be your mirror, right? So that be like, wow, the fact that she gave herself permission to really own and appreciate the gifts of her shadow, it gives the reader the permission to also be like, wow, I can actually love my anger. You know, instead of like, oh, anger is bad, I want to push it away. No, there's a gift in anger. There's a gift in shame. There's a gift in fear. You know, if we sit with the fear, that's how we can extract the gift from it, right? I always say it's like, you know, if you feel fear, 
and then you just brush it off. It's like somebody gave you $10 million and you didn't take it with you. You know, it's like the gold is in everything. You know, that, that's what I mean by to stay in the mindfulness condition means you never have to check out of the mindfulness condition because, you know, you don't have to run away from the painful experiences. And guess what? You also get to enjoy real, real delicious pleasure in life. <laughs> yeah, so true. And let's just elaborate on this thought. You talked about shame and how we can use our shame. You talk so much about this in the book to heal others, to help to heal others. How can we do that? Yeah, so I'm going to reference Brene Brown because obviously she is the expert on shame and vulnerability and connection. So shame is a feeling that I am bad. And, you know, if I told you my deepest, darkest secret, you're not going to want to love me anymore. And the reason why I'm so afraid to share my shame is because I'm afraid that once you know that, you won't want me. But the reverse is actually true. So in the book, I actually talk about, you know, in my younger days, I was suicidal and three times and I've had like a rape and abortion and a divorce. And every time I've had major trauma, I was so ashamed of my rape, for example, I told nobody, like, I was like, well, you know what, if I didn't talk to anybody about it, maybe nobody would know, you know, and I tried to just sweep it under the rug and be like, okay, let's just not talk about it. If I don't talk about it, nobody has to know about it. But it turns out when we share the most shameful part of us, we make the most intimate connection possible. And it was mind blowing, you know, like sometimes as a um, traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, I get clients who come because they have depression from their abortion or they start bleeding every day after the abortion or they have a UTI. Sometimes men come to me, you know, they have erectile dysfunction or they have low libido, whatever it is. Because I share myself so openly in vulnerability, my clients feel totally safe. They can talk about anything they want with me. You know, they, one of my clients recently shared that, you know, she was changing diaper for like a newborn male and then she had this thought like "Ooh, he's so vulnerable i can see how people could be sexually abused you know while changing a diaper and then she was like oh my god this is so dark i can't believe that i have like a predatory thought and you know she carried this thought in her for years and years but then after she read my book, she's like, oh, Winnie, can I tell you something? Like, I had this thought and I'm like, it's okay to have that thought, right? Just because you have that thought doesn't actually make you a bad person. You know, we are not our thoughts and we are not our feelings. And to understand 
what it really means to be standing in full authenticity, full source power, is that I am infinite light. Like I can be as light as, you know, Brene Brown, as Oprah, as Tara Brock, as Deepak Chopra, as Gabor Mate. I can be as bright as the brightest, but I can also be as dark as the darkest. You know, I also have the potential to be Hitler and, you know, you know, Putin or whatever, you know, your darkest character may be that I am infinite potential. I include the greatest of the greatest, you know, and also the dirtiest of the dirtiest. And equanimity is not pushing away anything. It's allowing that I can be totally dark and accepting that I can be totally great. You know, a lot of us, we have depression because we're disconnected to our soul purpose, right? We just have like a nine to five job. We wake up, the alarm rings, we wake up, we go to work, we make money, we go home. But we are not living in the full potential of why we came to this earth. And in order to discover your source power, you're gonna have to own your darkness. Right. It's like kind of like Jedi training. You, you got to know everything. You know, it's really funny. One of my earlier acupuncture mentors, he said to me, Winnie, if you really want to know how to heal a person, you need to know how to kill a person, because if you know how to break a person, you know how to put a person back together, right? So just because we practice martial arts, it doesn't mean that we go around killing people. It just means we know how to protect the people we love. And we also know how to put people back together, right? So for example, let's take a knife, right? Yeah, I can kill somebody with a knife, but I can also chop wood and build houses. I can chop vegetables and feed my family. Why are we so afraid of the knife, right? The knife is just the knife. It's not good or bad. It's what you do with the knife. But if you're afraid of the knife, now that's a problem because if you're afraid of the knife, you're going to hurt yourself and you're going to hurt the people that you love. Yeah, yeah, definitely true. I want to ask you a question about bullying, Winnie. And, uh, you know, from listening to my podcast that I've worked in this field for some time, and it sounds like you have probably quite a number of stories you could share with us. Could you share a story where mindfulness would have made a difference? Wow. Okay. So let's take a moment to talk about bullying because you know i've had over 10 me too's uh verbal abuse emotional abuse and just gaslighting and all kinds of humiliation in my life so i'm gonna start with the other counterpart before we bring mindfulness um so my teacher, she calls this the A, B, C, D, E method. So A is aware, right? So your mindfulness is like, oh, I'm aware that this is happening or I'm aware that I'm triggered, 
like something happened and I'm triggered back to the trauma that I was bullied. But A is also to accept, right? This is the equanimity part, to accept that this is happening and actually to appreciate, appreciate the sensation inside my body. Okay, maybe my throat is choking. Okay, like maybe I am shivering. Maybe I'm even peeing in my pants, you know, like appreciate that my body is doing what it needs to be and also appreciate that God doesn't give us bullying to punish us. God gives us bullying to help us learn how to make lemonade out of the lemons so that we can make connection and spread love, you know, and feel the belonging, you know. It, it, that's the other thing is that intimacy happens when we have vulnerable and difficult conversations. If we just talk about, hey, how's your golf game? Oh yeah, the Lakers won, whatever. Hey, how's your food? How's the movie? If we just talk on a superficial level, we're never gonna get intimacy, right? So, but if I share with you my rape story, my abortion story, my bullying story, then I have a connection. So almost think about, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not stuck as the victim because whatever lemons that happen to my life, I can make lemonade out of it. And, and you know, yeah, lemonade is delicious, guys. <laughs> so back to the bullying part, which is the ABCDE method, right? So A is accept, aware, and appreciate. B is breathe, right? So, so whether you're in the middle of being bullying or you're being triggered back to a memory of bullying, you breathe. C is the compassionate witness. And again, compassionate witness, compassion is our ability to validate the victim, right? Oh, you know, yes, you are bullied. It makes every sense to me that you're feeling you know, peeing in your pants and feeling cold and shivering and palpitations and all of that. But also the witness, the witness word is very important because that's like the, the observer, right? That, you know, cause if we only have compassion, we actually dwell in victimhood. We're like, oh yeah, you know, it sucks that I'm bullied. I'm a victim, I'm a victim. But the minute we bring the witness, it's like, okay, I am detaching from the role, the story, the victim card, and I become the witness. So C is compassionate witness. If you get to see, amazing job. Okay, it took me a lot of time and years to proceed. So D is dialogue within. And what does it mean to dialogue within? So, you know, meditate and uh, reflect what is really going on. So for example, uh, let's say I am the victim of silent treatment. Okay. Somebody is emotionally bullying me with silent treatment. Okay. So on the top level, I am feeling abandoned, rejected, sadness, and that's the top. 
And then when we do the shadow work, we dive deeper into a subconscious. We're like, okay, what is beneath this thing that I'm experiencing? And you check in and you're like, oh, because deeper down, I have a wound that I'm not lovable and I'm not worthy of my respect. I'm not worthy of other people's respect. I don't know that I'm a gift to the world and I just feel utterly worthless. Okay, so D is when we don't look at like, okay, that person hurt me, but really go down into what is my core source fracture, we call this. It is your unworthiness wound. The fact that you don't love yourself, you don't respect yourself, that caused the manifestation of the bullying, right? So then E is effective response. So that's when you be like, okay, well, now that I've done A, B, C, D, what is the effective response? So instead of reacting um, out of the trauma of being a bully, being bullied, it's like, well, how can I empower myself? You know, having done all the shadow work, how, having empowered myself, what, what can I do? How have I disempowered myself to manifest this bullying situation? Maybe if I really own that, you know, I can work on loving myself respecting myself, feeling that I am a gift to the whole universe. I am a legend, okay? Just feeling that I own it. I'm here, I'm authentic. And, you know, from a place of strength and power, how am I going to respond to this bullying situation? Oh, and I do want to reference, if you like the ABCDE method, it's by Dr. Raven Lee. And her book is called Unbinding the Soul, Awakening Through Compassion and uh, Crisis. Oh, well, thanks for, for giving us that reference as to where that came from in the book, because that is very, very powerful. I really like that. And, and the fact that you've elaborated on this is, is really tremendous because it's so valuable to so many Mindful Tribe listeners who are experiencing bullying or maybe children are or they have experienced bullying. So thanks so much for doing that, Winnie. I really appreciate it. As we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. Who is one person who has been just incredible in helping to um, cement mindfulness in your life? Mm, I'm going to say me. <laughs> okay. You know, it's, it's choosing me over and over again um, because we all have a tendency to check out. You know, um, you know, Brene Brown talks about showing up in the arena, you know, it's kind of like, okay, well, I checked out of my mindfulness yesterday, but today I'm going to see if I can stay in the mindfulness longer. And so it's this idea that I'm just going to keep showing up day after day. And it's just like my discipline, you know, no matter what, I'm going to stand behind myself. Yeah. So I'm going to say me. Well, I really like that because... 
it is up to us. It's up to us as individuals to make this happen. And nobody else is going to make it happen for you. That's for sure. So thank you for saying that and giving us a different way to look at that. My second question, Winnie, is this. Let's talk about emotions and how you've been able to deal with your emotions differently as a result of the work you've done. Yeah, so actually emotions are full of gifts, right? For example, anger is when I feel anger, that's when I should set boundaries with the bully. So it's really funny, Bruce, because, um, you know, the fact that I've had 10 Me Too in my life was because as, you know, an Asian girl growing up in Asia, I was told I have to be nice and people pleasing. And I was completely disconnected from my anger. And I talk about this in my book, how like even in the moment of rape, I, my, I, I should be angry, but I am not angry. So like I should fight back, but I don't. So the gift of anger is it actually, you know, it should like, you know, I, my trauma response is freezing and fawning, you know, those are kind of like the conditioning. But if I owned my anger, like really, really love my emotion, I would have shown up to protect myself. So yeah, um, emotions are the most powerful thing. Definitely embrace and appreciate all the protection that comes from your emotions. Okay, thanks for that. And let's talk about breathing. You mentioned it already, but can you sum it up? How important is breathing when it comes to mindfulness? Yeah, so um, one of my favorite breathing techniques is to put one hand over the heart and one hand below the belly button and just really picturing myself as Santa Claus with a big belly. So when I breathe in, I'm like, okay, Winnie, give me the biggest Santa Claus belly you can because the abdominal, lower abdominal breathing really grounds and anchors right? Um, in fact, I want to talk a minute about the recycling program. So Shinsen Yang talks about this. We have all the positive in the world. That's like the love, forgiveness, compassion, light. And then we have all the negative in the world, right? Okay, shame, fear, anger. We don't actually get to the emptiness condition by love and light, we get to the emptiness condition or the oneness condition or the zero by mathematically adding all the plus, all the negative, then we get the zero. So true power, true source, true oneness is when we put together all the positive and all the minus and get zero. So how we do that actually is below the belly button. Um, in Chinese martial arts, we call that the Dantian. And in you know, yoga, they call it Kundalini Center, Navel Point. There's a lot of different um, names for this practice, but literally we can collect when we breathe in, we breathe all the love and light into our Dantian and we can source and connect to all the anger and fear and all the negative things in our body, the cancer, whatever you want, channel that into the Dantian and mix the light and the dark together into a oneness ball, right? So that is how I want all the listeners to try breathing, you know, um, when you feel angry or scared, be like, oh my God, I have the raw ingredients 
to make a powerful ball. You know, it's kind of like if I'm cooking a pot of soup, I need all the ingredients. I need the sugar and I need the lemon to make lemonade. Yeah, that's that's really a beautiful picture that you've painted of this to help us understand. My my next question is about books and your book, Honoring Darkness, I highly recommend. So Mindful Tribe, check it out. It was just published in March, and you can you can go onto Amazon and find Honoring Darkness, Embrace Shadow Work to Nourish and Grow Your Power. And then Mindful Tribe, I encourage you once you've read it to go on and leave a review. Leave a review for this book because it always helps authors when you do that. So that's just my suggestion. Now, as we move on, is there a book that you would recommend? You've already talked about a couple of other books, but what what would you suggest? Wow. Um, yes. Thank you for asking that question. So I do want to summarize. I love the Tao Te Ching. I love Shinzen Young's uh, The Science of Enlightenment and Dr. Ravensley, uh, Unbinding the Soul. And the next book I want to recommend is called Tao Science by Dr. and Master Ji Gang Sha. If you're anything about healing, whether it's your health, finances, relationship, you want to understand what is the negative karma that is blocking you. And you want to know how to transform the negative karma into positive karma. And this book is co-written with a PhD in quantum physics. So they use quantum physics to explain karma and explain, you know, how everything is vibration and how you can literally rewrite your life and become the author. And yeah, so I actually talk about a lot of this all, all four books are in my book. So that's why I said my book is like the Yelp review. Okay. There's so many books in my book and I literally quote like 30 authors in the book. So it's like, you're getting like a Yelp review when you read my book. <laughs> that's great. Are there any apps you recommend that can help people with mindfulness? Yeah. So I want to share something really uh, inspiring, which is I never meditated one day in my life until five years ago. I was not spiritual at all. And then I had a near death car accident. And um, my girlfriend said, okay, uh, download the Headspace app. And then just 10 minutes a day, just do it. And I was like, okay. Um, and in the beginning, I want to tell you how I got hooked on meditation and how I got really good at it. It's all about having no expectation. So you know, don't judge or criticize that you have all these thoughts. You, you, you thought about the email you have to write, the laundry you have to run. You know, the first month that I listened to the Headspace app, I said, Winnie, all I care about is earning the badges. So all you have to do is press play once a day. I don't care if you're eating an orange folding laundry. You just have to press play once a day. With that low expectation, one month later, I actually found I started sitting down. And nine months later, I actually graduated from, you know, the Headspace app because I, it became a habit. And now, like, I could just, like, meditate three hours, you know. It, you know, it's just kind of like a muscle, you know. Um, and, like, trust me, I have four science degree. I was just all about evidence-based medicine and didn't know that, hey, I can heal myself just by breathing. You know, there's, there's so much um, 
so much power in meditation and mindfulness, actually talk about mindfulness. I'm actually a medical intuitive. So what that means is when my clients come to me, I can know where their blockages are. And, you know, actually even over the phone, I can do that. And that is definitely a mindfulness and equanimity um, cultivation. You know, mindfulness is my ability to, um, you know, focus and equanimity is my ability to receive information into my body. So yeah, it's, it's definitely worth studying uh, mindfulness and equanimity. It certainly is. And before we, we say goodbye, do you have a final word of advice for our, our listeners? Yes. Cultivate your lower Dantian, you know, that oneness light ball that I talk about. So whenever you breathe, just connect that you're pulling in all the love and light of the source, but also the greatest darkness, your greatest pain, all that bullying, you know, if the trauma is stored in the body, let's say a lot of people store um, sexual trauma in their hips. So connect to your hips and bring everything into a ball and allow all the love and all the bullying pain to come together into oneness and do this every day. I promise you will be walking around as the most powerful person. You know, sometimes like, you know, you walk into a hotel room and then there's 300 people, but you know, that really powerful person has showed up because they cultivate their Dantian. Like you, you know that you are in the presence of somebody who has cultivated their Dantian. And the Dantian is not just like, ooh, I'm so powerful. It actually gives you longevity and rejuvenation, right? So if you, ladies, if you want to look young, cultivate the lower Dantian. If you want to have really healthy bones when you grow old, cultivate the lower Dantian. So the lower Dantian also protects you from COVID. It's like this immunity thing. So everybody who wants good health, cultivate the lower Dantian. Cultivate the lower Dantian. Do it. Yes. And your website is mindfulhealingheart.com. And I know you have a podcast as well. Go to mindfulhealingheart.com slash circles, and you can check out the podcast as well. So Winnie, thank you so much for being on the show today. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. And I love this, the name mindfulness mode. It's, you've built such an awesome tribe. I'm, I'm so honored. Thank you so much. You have a great rest of your day, Winnie. Take care, Bruce. Yep. Bye now. Bye. Hey, Mindful Tribe. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Winnie. I know I truly enjoyed it. And uh, you can check out my YouTube channel. Go to Mindfulness Mode on YouTube and you'll see me there with the blue and green Mindfulness Mode logo. There's one other one called Mindfulness Mode which has nothing to do with me whatsoever. So if you would subscribe to my YouTube channel that would be amazing and check out some of the videos. I've got short ones, I've got longer ones. And uh, if you want to see this particular YouTube video for this episode, you can see it by going to mindfulnessmode.com slash 754vid, V-I-D. So with this, take what we've learned today and reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode. <laughs>